Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. My guest is already into the program because she's into the music. Thanks for joining us. I thank my guest for joining us as well. Here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and Wednesdays for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story at 9 a.m. Streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, many other locations including iHeart and Amazon. And we also have videos on YouTube, the YouTube channel, Richard Dugan, Tell Me Your Story. And uh, just look for the guy with the hat because apparently... Now, somebody else there has got a channel called Tell Me Your Story. That ain't me, but this is. So all you have to do is uh, put those into the search engine at YouTube, and boom, you're there. You'll see at the top of the channel, you'll see the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, encouraging you to go within. So we hope that you will do that. We also hope that you will support us financially. If you can, we would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. And the way it works is you go to PayPal and you say, I'd like to send. And it will ask you for an email address. Put in Richard at RichardDugan.com. Okay, Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's also the email address that you can send us any thoughts you have, questions, maybe guest suggestions. Love to hear them. Uh, send them to Richard at RichardDugan.com. We also encourage you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, going within, spending that still that time in that still, quiet, small uh, place, listening to that still, small voice, if you will. Never steer you wrong, never put you in harm's way. It may challenge you. It's challenged me. I can tell you my friend has challenged me more times than I can count, but it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. Pardon me. Uh, I'm going to explain, folks, <clears throat> why I'm spitting here. And I know that this is going to rub the wrong way to a lot of people, but I glued a tooth back into my mouth with super glue. Okay? I know. It's crazy. Uh, but my guest also does not know that I've been doing this for over 40 years, and in those 40-plus years... If somebody's been following my interviews over that time, they would be able to write my biography uh, because I share an awful lot about my life and, and so forth. Uh, I violate my own HIPAA law by telling people about my medical conditions. So there you go. Speaking of my guest, my guest is Catherine Hudson. She's here to talk to us about... Um, I don't know. Maybe I could have her send me a tooth-shaped crystal and I could shove that in my mouth. I don't know. Catherine, thank you for joining me here. Oh, Richard, so thank you so much for, for having me. I'm sorry, but the thought of shoving a crystal into sensitive gums... Yeah, uh, well, so this, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, and uh, I've just opened up a new realm for you, dentistry, but we'll go into that later. Uh, <laughs> you are coming to us all the way. Boy, this interview has started out so well. Um, kind of like on a roller coaster, and I, I worked my way up, and then it just went. But it's going to go back up again. 
Absolutely. Because I'm going to ask you about crystals, because you have written a book about crystals. <laughs> and I'm very excited about that because it has to do with discovering your crystal family. The title of the book, Discover Your Crystal Family. That is the title. We hope that you will consider getting a copy thereof, folks. And uh, let's see here. I'm missing something. Where did it go? It was just here a moment. There it is. Uh, okay. Working with the stones and their angelic messages, which is another area above, among many that you deal with. Uh, angels and Reiki. I've all, I'm also a Reiki master. Fairies, crystals, as we're going to talk about, and uh, mana, as well as transformation, which is what this program's all about, Catherine, in terms of helping people to transform their lives. I personally believe that that is the greater works that Jesus of the Bible told us we would do. It's not raising the dead. It's not changing water into wine, which I suppose would be nice, but put a lot of wineries out of business. <laughs> Although there's not a lot of water here in California, so uh, not a exactly. lot of business would be hurt. Time to um, change the wine back. But change the wine back to water. Now, there's a good trick. Uh, or even doing miracles of healing. Uh, great, great miracles. No criticism thereof. But I think that when we transform our lives, that's when we heal. That's when we are able to uh, see things in a different light, a different perspective, a more uh, holistic, I suppose, a broader perspective. We talk about the circle, you know, and we want to stand on different points on that circle. There's an event going on inside that circle. And we want people to see that event from as many perspectives as possible, especially those events in their own lives, specifically in their own lives. So first of all, let's talk about uh, uh, crystals. Obviously, many people are quite familiar with all of the various names. Amethyst, um, one of the most beautiful colored uh, stones uh, or crystals. Uh, but let's talk about your introduction to them. How did you come to this place where you say, this is fascinating to me. I want to research it. I want to do something with it. Uh, this is going to be my vocation, if you will. And then I, again, I know listing those other things on your website, you've got those too, but this, mm -hmm. this can be a big one because you can have them all over your home in your yard, carry them with you, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's exactly right, Richard. And, and, and thanks so much for the introduction. When you're talking about transformation, really everything that I do, just like everything you do is about transformation. And I wouldn't talk about any of it if it weren't the result of my own transformation. So um, the reason that crystals are so important and specifically amethyst, so that's a wonderful wink, wink, nudge, nudge from above that you had <laughs> mentioned amethyst, is I was working, um, I was over 20 years on Wall Street. Uh, I was miserable. I was absolutely in a world that was not meant for me, uh, doing my best to fake it. And of course, that doesn't make for, for happiness in life. And, uh, and I'm Irish. I think we talked about uh, that a little bit. So, you know, there's always a good session going on in a pub someplace. And um, one day I was uh, in the bank and completely hung over, I got to say. It's a long time ago, but um, it had been a very late night, lots of music, lots of drinking. And I was trying really not to dodge clients. I didn't really want to see clients that day. I wasn't really informed for it. 
And then a woman comes into the bank right across the street from Grand Central Station in the middle of Manhattan. And she looks like she's heading for the, you know, the more serious bankers. They're at the back who would do business transactions or open, you know, uh, IRAs and this kind of thing. And so I see that she's coming to do something more serious and it's between me and two other bankers. They were free. So I kind of hid, you know, I just got up and turned around. And at the time we had files and papers. So this is updating myself. So I was pretending to look for a file and giving my back completely to this woman. As she approached, the other bankers called her over because they were free and eager to help as opposed to what I was up to. Um, and she didn't go to them. She came directly to my desk and I just ignored her. I tried to ignore her. I made harumphing sounds and noises to scare her away like I was really looking for something and, and annoyed that I couldn't find it. And the woman sat down at my desk to wait. And there, well, I'm from the Bronx originally. And if somebody uh, affirms herself in that way, stands up for themselves in that way, uh, she was not having it. She was going to wait for me. Uh, with with all due respect, I had to I had to turn around. I wasn't happy about it, even though I, I knew that it must be done. So I got up. And I turned around and I extended my hand to this woman. Hi, I'm Catherine Hudson. Welcome to the bank. How can I help you? And the woman didn't take my hand. And she said, no, I'm here to help you. And she put in my hand an amethyst crystal. Two seconds. All right. And as she does that, I'm going to remind you that you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking with Catherine Hudson about crystals, among other things. We're going to jump into some of those other realms. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host with Catherine Hudson. And uh, just before you uh, continue on with the story uh, regarding uh, the amethyst, we're going to let our listeners know that your website is catherinehudson.fr. That's for France. And it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-H-U-D-S-O-N dot F-R. And we hope that you'll go there. Okay, now we continue on with that uh, luscious of luscious stones, that purple stone, the amethyst. That's right. So, so the woman, I, I held up my hand. She didn't take it. And she said, that will help you with your addictions. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, every time I tell the story, it just gets me. I'm, I was just stunned into silence. And I had a pretty quick wit, not the nicest of wits. I had a Bronx wit about me and normally would have had an answer. This was, I think, the first time I was ever dumbstruck. I had nothing to say. And I was looking at it. The head was reeling, trying to figure out what was going on here. And then finally, ding, she's trying to sell me this rock. Here's all I could come up with. <clears throat> I lifted my head to say, excuse me, madam, we're serious here. This is a business. She was already at the door. So a woman I never saw before, never saw after, came into the bank specifically with a rock and a message for me. I, I sometimes like to say it took a, a rock <laughs> to wake me up and have me snap to it. <clears throat> so transformation started not right away. It's this scared me and it startled me and things started to shift. But it was uh, really sometime later that I started to really study crystals. Um, and that was in the context of an overall quest and completely uh, uh, aligned with what you were saying about um, Jesus. I, I grew up in a Christian and a Catholic household. And my faith always meant a lot to me, still does. And he was inviting us to transform. You know, uh, the the home of the father. Well, what's that? Isn't it realization of 
of love and peace and truth and coming to alignment into those things. So crystals help that. So this is uh, the deciding moment that kind of shifted everything. And since then, my life has changed completely. Uh, initially, it got me sent to, I found another job in a different bank that got me sent to France. That was always on my radar since I was a little girl. And uh, once here, everything started to bloom. So as you find those moments of intuition and you follow them more and more, opportunities arise that bring you to places that maybe you've jumped up, but you were uh, maybe losing faith that those dreams were realizable. I was, uh, it was after I was 40 that that dream, that particular dream came true. Well, that was for me 21 years ago. And uh, I often wonder about carrying, I've heard people who carry, some will carry worry stones and it may or may not be of a particular crystal, but others people, other people will carry a specific crystal. Uh, what is the difference between um, a crystal and just uh, any other rock that you find somewhere on the planet? Yeah, I, I love that you. I love this question because um, my worry stone is Connemara marble, which is not really considered a crystal, mm -hmm. but it is excellent for the form and for the purpose that it's suited. I, I would argue that both rocks and crystals. Um, each have their place and their purpose and their expressions of Mother Earth that can help us. Crystals are more known for carrying certain vibrations, but I would argue that rocks do as well. Mm -hmm. And always, and this is why the title in English, the title is Discover Your Crystal Family. What I'm arguing is that we've already got stones around us. Most of us have rocks in our house. People who don't think that they're at all into crystals will tell me, well, I do have that. I do have that one there. I don't know really where it came from. You know, that we're surrounded by rocks and crystals and both are expressions of the earth. When we're attracted to a stone or when a stone comes to live with us, and we don't realize we've attracted it. Mm -hmm. My argument in the book is that none of that is an accident and that these are uh, pillars of support for us. The way we work with them, well, you know, what I, what I put forth in the book is very, very simple protocols to work with them. So anybody can get started. And if you're already into it, you can go a little bit further with it. But the idea, the overall idea for me is really connecting with stones bring us, brings us into connection with ourselves. What I argue is that the, the stones are not magic, we are. <laughs> right. That is to say, the stones do carry a certain energy, but it's our intention. And, and yeah. it's uh, the energy that's within ourselves that's evoked by that intention. And then there are those who are accused of having rocks in their head. Uh, but that's another subject for a therapist to deal with. That's not what we're here for. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but bring that up. No, no, I got gotcha. you. Uh, uh, Catherine Hudson's my guest here on the program. We're talking about crystals, among other things. Um, is is there uh, obviously ameth the amethyst is is a very significant crystal for you specifically? But how do I find out what crystal stone, if you will? I, I I don't know whether I should use the word stone or stick with the word crystal. Uh, be that as it may. 
We know what we're talking about. But how do I right. how do I do that? I mean, is it one of those things where we have here in Santa Barbara, for example, we have a store called Paradise Found. It is a uh, metaphysical store. They have people in the back who will do tarot readings or give you a reading uh, otherwise or whatever. They might use the ruins and what have you. But they've got sections in this small little store. It's amazing how many sections for just about everything. You can find your own tarot cards. You can uh, look up books on meditation. You can Reiki and the the list and incense and Buddhas, little Buddhas and so forth. Uh, And they have a section of crystals. Hmm. And... Uh, I'm wondering, do I just go in there and I just kind of look at the crystals and uh, <clears throat> wait for one of them to to call out to me? <laughs> Par for the course for this interview, let me tell you, folks. Tell me, tell me, tell me, please. They whistle. They whistle at you. I like it. No, it's 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 an excellent question because so often, especially at the outset, if we're just curious uh, about rocks, about crystals, and stones is fine. They're all stones. They're all rocks. Even crystals, they have specific mm, uh, structures to them, which make them crystalline in in structure. But they're all still rocks. Effectively, we can go into these stores and ask the professional who works there who sometimes in a place like that, I imagine the professionals are very professionals and know what they're talking about. In other stores, they might know, they might have good hearts, but maybe less information. The the thing at the end is to know that the response of the professional is going to be from the energetic perspective of the professional. It's the reason why you can have five books on crystals, including my own, five books on crystals that are going to say five different things about a particular stone. It's because our energetic field interacts with a different stone differently than somebody else's energetic field would. Uh, For example, if you and I met Bob, and after Bob walked away, uh, I said, you know, gee, Bob's a great guy, isn't he? And you kind of go, really? (laughs) Not meaning you specifically, Richard, of course, but um, we interact differently because our fields are different. So I would argue, and in the book, I I put forward a really simple way of doing it that we go into a a place with a specific intention. Mm -hmm. For example, um, I'd like to work on my relationship with my boss or with my child or with my, or with myself, with my inner child. Why not? Whatever the intention is, go in with that intention, even close your eyes for a moment. You don't have to get all weird and scare people, but open it and allow your gaze to pass over the stones that are there and see what catches your gaze first Hmm. or go close to the tables and see which one you want to touch. Sometimes there's a rock and you just want to reach out and feel it. I love uh, yellow calcite. I just have to, I have to rub those rocks. So effectively we're attracted to the stones that are most um, useful to us at a given time. This is why if you're out there and, and you work with stones a little bit, or if you've had some experiences Sometimes we'll find a stone and we're just crazy about it and we love it up and you carry it with you and you're so excited about it. And then suddenly doesn't do it for you anymore. <laughs> and we move on to the next stone. Now, this is not because we're fickle. It is because the energy of that stone, that emanation, we've already integrated our own expression of that energy. So we don't need that stone to help us anymore. And there'll be something else that's going to come forward. So while not everybody is attracted to rocks, 
everybody that is attracted to rocks can work with uh, the protocols in the book, very simple protocols like that. We're talking with Sharon Hut- uh, Catherine Hudson. Sharon is her twin sister. That's going to be another show next week. Uh, we're talking... <laughs> the evil twin. Oh, her evil twin, twin Sharon. I see, I see. Mm. We'll, we, we will be talking to your evil twin shortly. But, but I cannot speak with her. It is not possible. He's not Sorry. Persian. Yes, no, no, of no. course. We won't, she's, use, we won't use their French accent. She is sleeping in the back of the room right okay, now. This is, this is going down. This it is a uh, fascinating, <laughs> fun interview. I got to tell you, I love <laughs> I love uh, when we uh, <clears throat> we go off the rails and uh, head across the ah. desert in uh, bare feet uh, as the sun is rising and our brains are being fried. This is Tell Me Your Story, <laughs> New Paradigms for a New World. That I'm Richard like Dugan, your host, and we certainly hope that you will stay with us. We're talking with Sharon. Uh, where is Sharon it's coming Catherine from? Hudson. Who is Catherine Hudson. It's Catherine Hudson. Who is Sharon? Catherine Hudson. I don't know who Sharon is. Okay, I'm going to have to... Sharon, you're on his mind. Your Honor, I would like to uh, have the jury disregard <laughs> any references to Sharon. Catherine Hudson, discover your crystal family uh, that could be a single crystal. It could be a wheelbarrow full for all we know. There's also a technique. Talk to us a little bit about this if you can, uh, where people actually go to practitioners who will have them lay out on, let's say, a massage table, and they will lay certain crystals uh, all up and down the body. It won't be an amethyst all over. It will be different stones right. for different purposes. What are the most common common stones used in this kind of practice? And if you can define their, is, I, I guess the right word would be what their function is when used as a placement on the uh, particular parts of the body. So maybe yeah. we start with amethyst since it starts with an A. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, um, so, and this is actually in the book, a very simple layout that can be put on our own body or can be put on somebody else's if somebody's willing to be a guinea pig for us. Um, or we can draw the form of our body and put the stones on a paper if we're not able to, to stay laying down for the whole time. Um, often in such uh, layouts, and certainly in the one in my book, the stone will correspond to a particular chakra. So a particular um, uh, functionality of the energetic body uh, that's connected to our physical experience of that particular aspect in life. So you mentioned amethyst, amethyst in my layout, we would be placing it at the third eye because amethyst allows us to both Free addictions and addictions are any habits that uh, blur or pull us away from our alignment with the highest. So addictions are not just the ones that are typically known. Any habit that is detrimental to our alignment with the highest. So it's our highest perspective. So the amethyst could be placed here, maybe a, um, a quartz crystal at the, at the crown for opening up and aligning very directly with source, with, a, with the expression of source that would be our soul. We could um, come down and use maybe a blue chalcedony at the level of the throat for opening up the seat of communication in a very soft, nonviolent way. 
We can use a green fluoride at the heart chakra, opening up heart mm. without limit. Mm. Um, in a no expectations kind of way. We can use a yellow calcite at the plexus, our solar plexus, the seat of our power. So while, <clears throat> excuse me, it has a powerful energy, it's also very resilient and um, it's not at all brusque. So, so this is quiet power. This is the power of silence. This is the power that means that we don't need to shout to affirm, mm -hmm. but we do step by step move into a space where we are true to ourselves. So that's real power. At the second chakra, which is the seat of creativity and uh, also sensuality, sexuality, a nice carnelian uh, is the stone that I propose for that uh, space. Excellent for, of course, uh, artists and, and, and singers and, and all, all creatives, but aren't we all creative? Mm. So yeah. this would be recognizing that we create our lives and that our chef d'oeuvre is this, this life. And so maybe I remember when, when I, way back when, when uh, uh, it was the, uh, the artist's way, that, you know, the icon book uh, of Julia Cameron. And I was like, I'm creative? <laughs> and now five books, I'm on my fifth book. So apparently I am. But I had come so far away from who I was yeah. on the path of doing what society was telling me I should be doing, that I had lost that, that spark and that flame. So, so carnelian is an excellent stone for people that have lost, um, for anybody, I would say for anybody who thinks they're not creative. Because how sad is that, that at some point along the path, the child that we were, or later as an adult, the world taught us that we weren't creative because we each are. And we know that, don't we? Yeah. So also sensuality and sexuality for people who have really trouble getting comfortable in their bodies and enjoying being in the whatever form their bodies are. Um, so that's a really important stone. And then at the base point, um, the base, the root chakra, I, I like to, I like to use a red jasper. <laughs> so what, what? I'm sorry for I was just thinking of a, a, a sauce or gravy recipe. My Italian friend Anna is proposing. Yeah, and these are not the only stones. It's important to say these are not the only stones can be that can be used in these places. But these sure. are the ones that came, kind of offered themselves a sort of, sort of I was inspired to work with these stones. So red jasper, which is a nice, solid, very down to earth. For people who have, there are a lot of folks who, who maybe have a facility to be floating with the angels and getting things done day to day is a little difficult. The red jasper is an excellent stone. I call them in the book, the seven and the seven actually deliver messages. In the book. So yeah, excellent question. Thank you. Well, I, I will tell you, too, that that uh, crystals obviously do have power. You don't have to go back that far, although the further forward we go, we got to go back further. Uh, there was a radio called a crystal radio set that you could Ooh, buy back in the, I guess, maybe the 30s, 40s, 50s. My dad may have even built one. I think I actually did have one. And it was used to, uh, yeah, you had to use wire and other, a bunch of other stuff. But still, there was a crystal that was involved. I can't remember what it was. A quartz. A quartz crystal. A quartz crystal, crystal okay. for amplifying radio waves. Yeah. And so yeah. you could pick up radio stations on this crystal radio set. 
So Beautiful. it's yeah. been used, obviously, for many, many years. And, of course, I know that they will use it. I think one of my favorite uses, if you will, especially of quartz, I'm not sure that they do it with very many others, is when they make those incredible, beautiful crystal bowls. Ah. Oh, my my uh, first wife and I bought one many years ago. I'm hoping she still has it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually learned how to <clears throat> get it to sing. Yes. Uh, and not just by whacking it on the side either, by taking that piece of wood, that wood uh, thing, majiggy, a wood stick, I'm sure there's a name for it, and going around it and holding it gently against the outer edge where it's rough, that it allows the tone to begin to build and build and build until it will resonate in many cases. It'll resonate in your head first, but it certainly can in your body. And I can only imagine what it would be like to be in a room where you had multi, you were in, remember I mentioned the idea of the circle? You mm-hmm. were sitting Absolutely. in the center of a circle, surrounded by individuals with crystal bowls of varying sizes, and they just started to spin mm-hmm. around the outer edges, the rim of the bowl, making it sing, and that tone comes out. We have talked on this program about vibration. We've talked about tones and music and, and all of that that encompasses uh, our ability to rebalance ourselves. So crystals, just in and of themselves and as, and, as and inert as they may be, can be transformed into something that is, and I think that it's true, the crystal bowl is not inert. Not in the same, not in that way that a crystal just sits there. But this bowl, even though, yeah, okay, it just sits there. When you start to make it sing, my goodness, that 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 would be one heck of an experience to have. Oh, it's it's so powerful. I have a beautiful friend whose name is actually Bright. Bright's singing bowls. She's come to uh, um, I a place on Emerald Isle in North Carolina. She'll come and she'll set them all up and everyone just lays down. And she does this singing bowl concert mm. in a relatively small space. Wow. Yeah, it's it's just, um, and usually the people who are attracted are the people that are going to get something out of that. You know, people who are pretty sensitive to energies, but it's, it's just like a, a bath a pure oh, and yeah. delightfully sonorous bath. So thank you to Bright out there. I'll have to tell her that I mentioned her here. But but there there are a lot of people doing these singing bowl concerts. Yeah. I have to I have to tell you I'm laughing because it's my ex who gave me a singing bowl, and I think he's got it. Oh, and he's got it. Wait a minute. He gave it to you, but he has I think it. He's- I think that's where it is. I'm wondering where it is. Yeah. Once you said that, it's a while ago. I have to. Yeah. I have to look into that. But, I, um, but yeah. yeah, they're amazing things. Yeah, they are. I have a brass. Stones in general yeah. are. You know the scientists. The scientists are telling us that everything is moving, mm-hmm. and so even those things that seem inert are not. That is true. That is so, true. Um, I have and, a and brass. If you look at a, 
phantom crystal, you can see that it's grown. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's these things are going to be around and uh, vibrating a, a lot longer than I will. Yeah, I look at my crystals and I'm like, well, thanks for letting me hang out with you guys while I'm here, but. Who knows where who'll be who you'll be with afterwards? Exactly, exactly. Well, I have one of those brass bowls, and it sings pretty good ah. too. It's it's nice, you know. I mean, but there's something there's a mystique about having a crystal bowl as opposed to a brass one that is very cool. We're talking with Catherine Hudson. She's written a book called "To Discover Your Crystal <laughs> Family." This is "Tell Me Your Story." I'm Richard Dugan. We're going to dive into another. Another area that you uh, are in, and it ta- you talk about it, uh, you talk about it uh, in your uh, on your website in particular, which uh, somehow I have. There it is. I want to talk now because you've several different realms here. We could certainly talk about life's goals, life goals, and Reiki and fairies. Which, uh, being Irish myself, uh, and having been to Ireland twice, and really. Very intrigued by the land, by the people, and when I was at the um, when I was at Bridget's Well in Kildare in Ireland, ah. I took a picture of the well. Okay, and that's correct. The, it looks to some people like leaves. Uh-uh. It's a fairy. I'm I have that this. picture. It's Ooh, very. Send cool. it to me. I will. I want you. I will. I right will now, do that. That's a place. Oh, it's just amazing. Even the muggles feel it there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I get you. Um, but I want to talk before we go to fairies. I will make fairies next because it's rather in line. Let's talk about angels. Let's talk about angels. And the you have a book, actually, about angels. Invite angels into your life. And we, you know, certainly encourage uh, people to grab a copy of any of these books through your website, which is katherinehudson.fr. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-H-U-D-S-O-N dot F-R. And, of course, we will be linked to your website as well. What is the significance, the importance, the relevance of angels in our lives Mm, what a great question so yeah um inner traditions has brought out two of the four books that i currently have out already in french uh the one that's out already is inviting angels into your life and um the second one uh discover your crystal family does mention the connection between crystals and angels in it because i guess it's just uh I, i can't i can't go anywhere without talking about angels the story about the, the amethyst in the bank, to my mind, the woman who came into the bank was an angel. So either she was one of my guardian angels who took form because they were tired of um, watching my back, tired of keeping me out of trouble, because an angel, an angel can't intervene due to free will. The angels can't intervene in our lives unless we are in a situation of mortal danger. Uh, and it's not our time to go. Mm. Uh, so I had put myself into some situations, let's say, uh, with um, my in my former lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they just got tired of watching my back, or maybe it was just time for me to wake up. But either that woman, who I would love to see if she she actually ever reads my books, that would be so great if she ever would come out of the woodwork. 
it was either a person who has impeccable guidance from above, who my angel sent, or one of my, my guardian angels um, to begin with. So what I would argue is that we are not just dropped off here and abandoned, that uh, we come into this lifetime with a purpose, and that we come into this lifetime with a guardian angel. Now, we tell kids that they have guardian angels, right? Oh, you have an angel, and they watch over you, and they love you. And, you know, it's adorable when a five-year-old says, yes, I have a guardian angel who loves me and watches over me. And everyone says, oh, isn't that cute? Well, at what age does it no longer belong in the category of cute? So is it at five, it's okay, but at 55, it's not okay? Yeah, yeah, my sister, she's into angels. She's got a little, one one sandwich short of a picnic, that one. She's she's special. um, She's very special. Special. Do we invite her? I don't. I don't know if we invite her for the holidays. But um, effectively, children, it's okay, but adults, it's not. And interestingly, I think it's about the time of uh, adolescence where it stops being something that is okay. Society no longer thinks it's okay to talk about angels, even within uh, religious uh, cultures and families. About the time of when we're teenagers. Isn't it interesting that just about the time when we start to really need them, we're not supposed to turn to them anymore. So um, I I don't, I don't think there is any such thing as coincidences. The beautiful thing for me is that the experience with the crystal made me reopen doors. I had firmly shut because I was too sensitive as a kid. And I started to uh, receive a new guidance and messages. And in fact, I do one minute every day on Instagram. I do one minute in French and then one minute in English message from the angels for the day. It's just, it's too much fun not to. I get this guidance, so why not share it? So the angel, our angels, our guardian angels are like teammates that we have. And the beautiful part of it is, you know, we don't have to be angels ourselves to team up with them. You know, humans, our human, our human foibles are fully accepted by them more than we accept ourselves. They accept us. And the beautiful thing is that we don't have to do it all ourselves. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I learned that if I wanted something, I was going to have to do it myself. There mm-hmm. wasn't going to be a whole lot of help around. Um, and the truth is, there's a whole lot of help around. So all these years later living a life where I love my work and I travel the world and I, and I'm in Paris or I'm in New York or I'm on an Island. You know, I'm like, how did I get this life? I know how I got this life. I know exactly how I got this life. Yeah. So, um, so I figure, um, share the good, share the good, uh, the good vibes uh, through the books. And so the books have exercises in them. The books are for people just starting out or people that want to go deeper into connection. But it's so simple because once we ask, it comes flowing. They mm. just, they're just, wait. it's like every guardian angel is like this. We have to wait, free will. And they might send us signs or messages hoping we'll ask. And the moment we ask, <laughs> yes, and everything starts flowing. And they want to help. They're dying to help. Yeah. But, not literally, right. I, <laughs> but yeah, that they're they're just waiting to help. It's their role, it's their function. Yeah, but they can't intervene without our asking. So you know, I tell people who don't believe us, just ask and see what happens. See don't what believe happens. me, just ask and see what happens. 
Uh, there's a, a TV program here in the States. on It's, it's uh, on Netflix, I believe it is. And the, the, the TV series is called Lucifer. Now, <laughs> I'm, now, a I'm, I'm a fan. I love a Menadiel. Now, yeah, now <laughs> here's what's interesting about it. And, of course, Ooh. on this program, uh, I am a self-declared metaphysician. Uh, I worked for 15 years uh, at a Christian radio station. And <clears throat> I have often wondered about and I have asked those questions that are of an heretical nature, i.e., we're going to brand the letter H on your forehead. You will be known as a heretic from this day forward, and you will be shamed. And I will go, no, I won't. I'm happy to wear the H. Please emblazon my forehead with the H. Because the answers that I received in those days didn't make a lot of sense to me. But that's it. Yeah. So when I'm watching this program, and there certainly, and I, I know that uh, those who are of a very... Um, uh, particular philosophy uh, are going to find it very, very offensive. They may even say wow. blasphemous. And I'm going, well, first of all, it's just a TV show. Okay. Just a TV show. But entertainment. it's entertainment. However, however, some interesting points are raised. God being omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent knows it all. And there is sort of a part of me as I watched this program uh, that began to realize that just like Judas, Lucifer was set up. Mm. It was a hit job of sorts. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you mean I can't have free will? What do you mean I can't do what I want to do? Uh, you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, and... Uh, I, I, you know, I, I sometimes think about that. And, of course, this takes me to uh, the whole Judgment Day thing where if I'm standing before God and there is actually a Judgment Day. And, again, I don't know if there is or isn't. I, 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 there's a part I, of me that I actually kind of hopes there is. I think judgment happens here. Yeah. I think lots of judgment every day happens here after yeah. that we're released yeah. from it. Well, there's part of me that actually hopes that it does happen because I would love to say to my creator, whoever or whatever, Okay, uh, first of all, I've got two points to bring out. Number one is um, there's uh, nothing I can do or say that's going to change your mind because I'm already off of the earth, and that's the, the, the demarcation point, okay? So you're going to do I'm with me. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to do with me whatever you're going to do, okay? So there is nothing I can say. However, point number two, being omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent you knew exactly how this was all going to work out. Ergo, uh, creator, this is on you. What you do with me is on you. You created me. I did the best I could. I'm writing a song of, uh, I'm, I'm writing a song. People will hear about it soon on this program. And the title of the song, at least presently, is I'm a good man doing the best I can. Well, <clears throat> I'm a good man. I did the best I could with what you gave me to work with. I don't believe in extortion, so... Okay, take me away. <laughs> um, that's, that's so... I have a feeling it's more like... It's more like we get to the other side and 
ha, we crawl up on the shore and they, they run and say, here, come with us. <laughs> I know it was tough for you down there. <laughs> I, I, th I think that there's a whole lot more love going on and softness and healing and compassion uh, and peace. Yeah, I, 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 it's the end of the marathon. It's yeah. the, it's the yeah. when people carry you. Yeah. So so anyway, I, I don't, and I also don't think and that if it's, we're self-actualizing, which is a very very interesting point that they talk about in Lucifer. I was like, am I watching a TV show that's talking about self-actualization? Yeah. Um, effectively, if we're self-actualizing, then I just set myself up for a pretty sweet ride afterward, and you not so much. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Uh, that when um, <clears throat> back in the 80s, I think it was the late 80s, when the, the, the movie based upon the book by uh, Kazanzakis, The Last Temptation of Christ. Um, <clears throat> and there was all this brouhaha over the movie because of what was in the movie, but the movie hadn't even been finished yet. And people somehow managed to get a hold of a script that hadn't been finished yet. And blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy. And I got a copy of the book. And I read uh, the preface specifically. And in the preface, it basically sa he says, Kazanzakis says, these are just my musings. I, I just, what if, what if, you know? And I don't think he was Italian, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> no, but he, he does a good Italian voice. Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, but <laughs> here's the thing. I went, to see the, I went to see the movie. Yeah. Not a great movie. Okay. Yeah. But I, you know, no, obviously maybe it was because I have a mind that is maybe opened and some people say a little too open, Richard. Uh, I didn't find anything wrong with it. I figured this is fiction. This is just fiction. And I did, you know, could have made Not a better movie. Absolutely good fiction. Yeah, it could have been good fiction, but it really, you know, the movie <laughs> yeah. wasn't. Uh, and, and I just, I think about when people criticize things like this, it's like, what is it? What is it that you're so afraid of? I mean, do you really believe that, that people are? And then, and then I, I loved a, another gal I had on this program who wrote a book about the first, not just woman pope, hmm. black woman ha. pope. I loved Hallelujah. talking with this author about the story ah. and how, my gosh, would that not be fabulous? I would that love would to fabulous. see that. You know, that would be fabulous. I would go to I would go to Rome for that. I one. would stow away. Absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, deal with the consequences later. Damn the torpedoes. <laughs> um, just it's like th there's there's so many possibilities to life. You talk about angels, but you also talk about fairies. And of course, being Irish, both of us, uh, and having been to Kildare and Bridget's Well and many other locations. Matter of fact, I've been to Connemara uh, on the West Coast in, in, in County Galway. We actually stayed on the island. And I loved the fact that they called this an island because the only connection to land was a peat moss bridge. A bridge made out of peat moss. I kid you not. Uh, and it was paved, right? Inish knee. Inishni was the name of the island right near Roundstone. Right? Oh, ah, my what, what great fortune. That's that's on my list. That's oh, so cool. Oh, my gosh. And and if you're able to take the drive, do so. Uh, head towards Roundstone. Keep on going. Take the bog road and get mm -hmm. to Clifton. 
Ah, oh, it's so much fun. Clifton. But mm. then we went we went and took the ferry out to the Aran Islands to Inishmoor. Now and there. Now, get this. Hello. The night before we took the ferry, I had a dream. It was an auditory dream. And it was the voice of a dear friend of ours who had passed away in our home the year before. Dear friend, we had dinners together. He taught me a lot about cars and things. I didn't learn about them because I didn't drive until I was 38. So um, ah. I hear this voice. And the voice said, don't say anything bad in front of Bridget. Oh, what? You know, didn't think anything <laughs> of it. We're on the island. Wow. We're, we're at a place called, I believe it was like called the Seven Churches on Inishmoor. Mm. And I'm looking around and on there's this stone altar with this big, big round stone with a hole in it. And I, I'm taking a picture of it, kind of saying, this was the first wheel. Okay, man's first wheel. Yes, it was Irish who designed the first wheel. Of course. Wife comes over. <laughs> she says, you need to come over here. So she walks me over to a, a concrete slab on the ground. It's a headstone. Or it's, it's more than a headstone. It's huge. She says, read the name. Now, my wife's maiden name is McDonough. And the name on the headstone was <clears throat> Bridget McDonough. I immediately put my hand over my mouth and walked away. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Crazy. Oh, incredible experiences that we have had in Ireland. Um, the veil is thin in air. In Erin, the veil is thin. Now, you say you haven't been yet. I've been to Ireland. Oh, you have? I haven't okay. been to Inishmore. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, no. I've been to Ireland plenty of times. I'm Irish. Right. Okay. So let me ask <laughs> so you about your... From, my family's from Kerry, and I've got some people in uh, Meath, but, uh, but I haven't been to Inishmore. That's okay. why I was saying that's on my list. Oh, okay. No, no. Uh, Do me a favor. Even in the and... north. I mean, the whole, the whole island, you can feel it. Yeah. Tell Sorry. me about tell me about uh, another place we went to Wicklow on the eastern uh, shores. Uh, um, uh, there was a, a, a community there too with great experiences. But tell me about um, not just the 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 aspect of ferries and maybe the same kind of question, the importance, the significance, the the value of not so much believing in fairies, but maybe. If the same thing can be done with fairies as with angels, calling upon them, if that's their role, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe, but but talk a little bit about that and or your mm. own personal experiences. Mm. Excellent. So, um, although, although in Ireland, uh, feeling and seeing uh, these presences... It seems it seems ubiquitous and everywhere. It's actually in Finhorn in the north of Scotland, uh, where I, I go pretty often. I'm a resource person for that uh, that community in the north of Scotland. It's an echo village and spiritual community. It's there where I learned to open up to and communicate with uh, the fairy realms. So the idea behind it is that our Mother Earth is alive. As through her stones, uh, every plant, uh, 
every tree, every blade of grass, every flower, every babbling brook, uh, everything has life. And um, there are devas and fairies and selves. And this whole planet is not simply populated by humans, but that there are the fairy folk that uh, indeed live. And the idea is that at one time we were co-guardians on the planet, aware of each other's existence, not really mixing too much, but, but each with their own purposes. And then man turns his back on the role of co-guardian and started to exploit the planet. And at that time, the fairies rose in frequency so as to no longer be visible to most, to almost everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so they could continue to hold the position of guardian of the earth until man wakes up and turns back with love to our mother. Um, and I believe it's the role of working with stones and it's the role of working with, uh, with um, uh, fairy presence. Um, as we turn to those, we are nourishing the wave that's bringing humanity back, back into consciousness, back into harmony with the earth. So while I would say it's, I, I wouldn't personally ask a, a fairy for help for uh, my relationship, for example, uh, I would absolutely address them with great respect and deference, of course, um, and playfulness with regard to how can I, uh, what should I plant and where? And that's what they do in Finhorn. They actually collaborate with um, the invisible realms to determine what to plant and where and how and what seasons. And, and it works beautifully. Finhorn became known, I think it was like the 60s or the 70s, when they were producing huge um, uh, vegetables out of very sandy uh, terrain. And so it attracted international interest. And so that's when they kind of found their place on the map. But um, anybody out there will attribute it to this collaboration. And there, it's a matter of course, to take a moment and to open up to the energies. And when you cultivate that habit, it's kind of like uh, speaking in public. If you cultivate the habit, at some point it becomes natural and easy. Um, and uh, if, you're, if your heart is in it and you want to communicate, probably that desire is coming from uh, a date that has already been fixed, maybe a soul contract in the office. So um, the fairy realms are accessible to those who really want to be in communication. Uh, the more quiet and respectful and honoring we are of Mother Earth, the easier it is to be in communication. Uh, if ever I have a garden, um, I will definitely be calling on them to uh, guide me in the maintenance. I've always lived in apartments ever since I was a kid in the Bronx. But um, at some point, uh, that will be the case. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you that um, I don't know as much about fairies as I'd like, but I'm, I'm slowly <laughs> learning uh, about their importance, their role in our lives. And I, what I find interesting is, is how individuals, um, they sometimes they dismiss the whole concept of angels and fairies. And, and <clears throat> would you say, because uh, I'm trying to get a definition here. Would you say that angels and fairies are part of the quote-unquote paranormal? Would that be accurate at all? Um, 
Or is that well, something I mean, else? As a strict definition, para and normal, it's not considered normal. It's outside of the limits of what is considered normal in this world. But check out what's considered normal in this world. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Any, any, anytime normal is, is brought up, I kind of shy away from the word in its entirety. But but yeah, technically we could we could put them. I yeah. think anything that's not visible and tangible scares people, scares a lot of people because we were brought up thinking we were we were it was drilled into us, at least I, I can say it was drilled into me that if it's invisible, you're crazy or it's you know, or it's evil or you know, there's something wrong with you if you're hearing voices. <laughs> but um these are realms that are tangible for many. And uh, for example, I, I was doing videos and, and a friend of mine from the Bronx said, you know what, Kath, I looked at your video and I started to do the, the, the thing you were saying to do. And I did it and oh, I had to stop. It was scary. <laughs> mm. Wow. Because it actually, it actually is tangible. These connections can be very real. The angels are more than willing to make their presence known to us through signs, of course, but through 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 their energetic presence. We can feel weights. We can feel pins and needles. We can feel uh, what I like to call the whoosh whoosh uh, uh, energy flowing through rapidly. And with uh, the fairy realms, those same impacts can be produced. The more sensitive we are, uh, of course, the more likely we are to have those experiences. But there's also the, it, it's kind of like the idea of a unicorn. You know, what they say about a unicorn is uh, unicorns only show themselves to, in, in, in fairy tales, let's call it that. Unicorns show themselves to people with a pure heart. So if we are going out to catch fairies to put them on Instagram. Well, that's not the person that's going to have the experience. Mm, they're, they're quite smart. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, the, 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 the relationship has to be one of respect and a true desire to, to bridge the gap between humanity and, and our role of, of guardian uh, to, to benefit from those experiences. But you've been to, to Bridget as well, and you've been to Ireland, you've been to these places, you know that it's in the air, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And I love when you see like a farmer, you know, Brescal farmer, and he's like, oh yeah, we I don't plant anything over there, that's for the fairies. I mean, they know it. Yeah. And it's not considered at all, you know, weird for yeah. them. For them, that's uh, normal. They never, they never lost the connection with the earth. Yeah. In the areas that haven't lost the connection with the earth. There's this respect and this recognition yeah. that they have their place and we have ours, and it's the old ways. You know, there's a there's also a, a, a structure, if you will, of a natural structure. Maybe sometimes it's planted this way, called a fairy circle, and usually it's a circular uh, pattern of trees. And I started thinking about that in terms of where, where we live, where our home is situated, because we've often felt like we live in a protective bubble up on the hill above Santa Barbara. <clears throat> and we have, we have one, two, three oak trees uh, over, if you're, let's say you're looking out towards our valley, all right, straight out towards our valley. Um, we have one, two, three, and then we have a fourth one over here, and then we have some other 
uh, plants or trees behind us and an apple tree. Then directly behind the cottage is another oak tree. <clears throat> now, they're not, I mean, you're, you're, you have a rather oblong circle here, okay, but still, and they're not spaced close together, so I'm trying to m sort of manufacture a circle, uh, but that was the thought that just came to me, thinking, maybe in a manner of speaking, we do live inside of a fairy circle of sorts. Maybe we are in a protective bubble, and I'll take it. Thank you very much. Um, it, I, I think that, um, I think, you, sorry, but while you were speaking, something came to me, so I'll just address it. Sure. Um, your, your, um, your willingness to welcome it as such will enhance that presence. Mm. Yeah, that just hit me. I thought, okay. And I'm, I will talk to my wife about it because she also is very uh, deeply interested in uh, all of the, what we've talked about. All of it. Yeah, it's it's both of you, and I, I just got that hit for you. So you yeah. got the dawning, but the, the other piece is that um, they're there, but it's a it's a co-creation. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. So your your absolutely. consciousness of it will, will um, strengthen yeah. that field. Now, Beautiful. obviously, obviously, it's a lot nicer if you can find a, a circular pattern of trees already there just by nature. That would be nice. But again, I don't think there's any problem if we go ahead and sort of manufacture it because it's still part of nature. It's a beautiful thing. And so that yeah. takes me to the next level of what I want to talk about with you and something that you've created that we will talk about here in just a moment. And that is... A game you have created called the Transformation Game, which oh, would, would, I didn't create it. You, didn't you did not. Well, it's all right. It's on your website. Yes, the Transformation Game is wild. I would love to talk about that. Let's talk about that as we continue. We're talking again with Catherine okay. Hudson on Tell Me Your Story. Catherine Hudson. Fr is the website. We will be linked to her website, and we hope that you'll go there. And you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and oh, hold on a second. Hold on one moment. Something has happened, and I'm waiting for it to finish up here, and there it goes. All right, very good. Well, it's finished. The fairies did something. I don't know what it was, but there it is. Ah. Uh, we're talking with Catherine Hudson, and we're talking about the work that she does in regards to... Um, angels and fairies. She's also a Reiki master and she's written a number of books and deals with crystals. And <clears throat> that's, that's another uh, saying we could, we could use, you know, um, uh, you know, what, how's the phrase go? Uh, one who lives in a glass house should not throw crystals. Uh, but I would think that if you have crystals in your house, you ain't going to be throwing them anyway. You're going to be no, keeping them right no. where they are. Talk to us about this game that you didn't create. <laughs> that you didn't but I did create. Not create it. But, I but it's on your website, it. and you say it's a crazy, wild game. Tell oh, us about goodness. this uh, the transformation. Game of transformation. The transformation game. The, the box game is called the transformation game. And it came out of Finhorn, which is uh, uh, the spiritual echo community in the north of uh, Scotland, although it's filled with people from all places. Uh, and uh, Joy Drake and Kathy Tyler are the two people that channeled this game. And I do say channeled. The game is stupendous, and I was trained to facilitate it. So I, I bring people along through the game. Basically, um, you play the game with a particular intention. Uh, it could be, um, say, somebody, I have somebody who's coming whose intention is to heal uh, his inner child uh, so that he can find joy and peace. And he doesn't have those that good stuff and he wants some. So he'll come 
And that will be his intention. And then we'll go around and we'll make really clear, well, how are you going to know when the intention is fulfilled, et cetera. We do the pre-work. And then the game is played. What happens during the game is the game will reveal what is unconsciously impacting that intention, what's blocking it, and what he needs to know uh, that could support it. And all of that gets revealed and then shifted in the game. The reason that I became a facilitator of this game is because I played this game. And every time I played it, it shifted the direction of my life. Oh, it's wow. just bonkers. And every time I got it, there are tears. People are just like, oh, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> and then they go, I want to play this game. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really, um, it's a resounding yes. The one thing that I would say is that to have the game facilitated is very interesting because it's super complicated. So um, some people buy the game because it is, it is quite remarkable. And why not buy it? But when you buy it and then you open it and then they never play it because it's got so many layers and levels and pieces, it's just it's just nuts. If you have a guided game just one time, after that you know how to play and it's easy. But um, yeah, yeah. So I, I when I guide the game, I use uh, I use my channel to uh, support the person in their own quest. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is a lot of fun, and because it was so effective for me, and I'm so grateful. Uh, both to Kathy and Joy and to the angels, because we work with angels in the game. It's well, very spiritual. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> but, I, uh, yeah, it's rock and roll. It's I, not for the faint of heart. Okay. Well, I will tell you uh, that your your uh, description of buying the game and opening it up, seeing how complicated it is, <sighs> reminded me of uh, when I bought the um, Game of Thrones version of Risk. Whoa. There have got to be like <laughs> three or four boards, fold-out oh boards yeah. that come with it. And, and I'm just sitting here going, you got to have a massive table to start playing this thing because you got to lay all this stuff out. I haven't, I haven't even bothered to read the instructions because I think... I think we have it just as a novelty. Uh, hey, we have this Game of Thrones version of Risk, you know? There you go. Uh, I like Game of Thrones. I like Risk. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It, it yeah, exactly. It seemed like a good idea at the time, and of course, then of course, in the back of your mind, going, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> uh, well, you weren't. You were caught up in the in the throes of the Game of Thrones and uh, Jon Snow and and all them critters. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, I loved the, loved the show though, but in terms of um, this aspect of transformation. Uh, I'm, I'm going through a program, which is part of where I'm writing this song, that is taking me through a similar path, which is real interesting that it chose to manifest itself during, I'm going to say what could for some be an extremely tumultuous period in my life that I did never expected to go through. Hmm. But it's like you just said, every time you play the game, it shifts your life in a new direction. And... My, it's shifting my life maybe more uh, in terms of what I'm doing. It's shifting my life more in terms of my perceptions, my awareness. Uh, and, and one phrase that continues to be uttered to me, both by a friend of mine as well, be the observer. Just be the observer. No matter what you're going through, be the observer. And boy, that is a tough one because most of the time, what? We take it personally, don't we? 
Oh my goodness. Isn't that, isn't that like the best advice? It's not personal. I always tell myself in French, the expression is these are not your onions. It's mind your own business, basically. Yeah. And I'm always like, Kath, mind your own business. Mind my own business with regard to whatever's going out on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also what's, what's going on in here, just to watch even my reaction. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that that one that, uh, arrow hit its mark. Yeah. But And then to take it out gently and heal it myself instead of throwing it back. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we have... We have that desi- that 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 knee jerk reaction to throw it back, and th- I think the other thing too is, and I've been through a number of personal growth programs from the '80s and in the '90s, and uh, one of them was called Life Spring, uh, an outgrowth of Est from the '70s. Uh, I was glad I went through it. Uh, no, uh, Life Spring was not a cult. I didn't. I didn't find it so. People loved it. They were part of it. They kept going, and it was great. And I went through the three levels. I learned a lot about myself. Uh, I still remember, and I, I don't know. And, I, and this is interesting. Uh, I've been doing this program for over fourteen years, interviewing for over forty, and I'm going to have to say that from the very beginning, even though the first interview I ever did, I wrote down all the questions. Um, mm. The universe has always asked the questions. I've always been along along for the ride, even more so today than ever. But one of the things that I have found so fascinating about this process of growth, uh, when I was going through LifeSpring, this this image came up in my mind. They would give us nicknames when we first started within that first evening. And it was a five-night intensive, three three nights and two days, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all day Saturday, Sunday. (laughs) And believe it or not, believe it or not, my nickname, are you ready for this? Okay. And we have mentioned his name at least once on this program. Prince of Darkness. Lucifer. Well, it wasn't Lucifer. They called me Prince of Darkness. No, they weren't saying I was. They called him the Prince of Darkness. I wasn't Satan. Oh, no. Lucifer was the Prince of Darkness. But I was referred to as the Prince of Darkness. Because my demeanor. Yeah, exactly. My demeanor, apparently, as I was coming into the program, was rather hiding and, you know, lurking and that kind of stuff. And um, then we were asked to, at the end of the program, once we had completed the coursework on the Sunday afternoon, we were asked to give ourselves or describe ourselves after having gone through the program that would then cast off that nickname we were given at the beginning. And uh, I still remember, uh, I am a giving, exciting, I'm trying to remember the third word, happy man, something along those, those lines or person. The transformation. Yeah, the transformation. So they 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 give you the nickname, but you then are able to discover who you really are by the end of the program. Is and that isn't that isn't that what life is? Yeah, you know, the, they tell us who we are from when we're kids, and then we figure it out better later. I, I'm laughing because when I did my first uh, the workshop that I per, per participated in that opened me up to angels. I actually, it was a huge room. I took a seat by the door. I had, it was in Hawaii. I had my bathing suit on. I was going to, you know, if things got freaky, I was out of there. I was going to go swim with the dolphins. Mm. (laughs) 
I stayed and transformation. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Prince of darkness to happy, excited and good man, open. Giving, loving. I think it was giving, loving, caring man or something along those lines. Uh, I, and, and you brought to, uh, you said, you know, in that one experience you had, you bathing suit, you know, I'm going to go swim with the dolphins because you're, of your perceptions. I had this, uh, they were going to play a game. <clears throat> now, I had been through the program before, so now I was auditing. So I played the game before. And I was going to wear something that was going to put their mind, get their minds to think about sort of the answer to the, uh, the game that we were playing. So I, uh, I, I, at that time, I was wearing uh, sweatsuits, you know, a uh, uh, fleece, uh, uh, sweatpants and sweatshirt, right? Yeah. And I had different colors, gray and black and red, red of all things, right? We aren't the only one. I know, I know. At the time. And it was, it was, uh, it was the 90s and it was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wore a, re- a pair of red sweatpants and a red sweatshirt. I'm going to get these people to focus when we start playing the game. You know, I'm, I'm your aunt. Uh, this color is your answer. Okay. This color is your answer. I had misunderstood when I played the game the first time. That wasn't the answer. That was what would send you into catastrophe. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it's very important to, if you're able to, to learn the rules. Well, that's the funny thing about life. There are no rules until you start living it and you kind of figure them out as you go along. Although there will be those who will pick up a book and say, here, the rules are right here, boy. Um, What do you what do you say in that regard to to discovering, if we want to use the word, uh, the rules or how to play the game of life? Mm. Um, I, I love, uh, this is why the, the first, uh, the title of this book is Discovering Your Crystal Family, and the next book that's coming out next year is Discovering Your, your Soul Purpose. Um, discover, is it discover or is it uncover? Is it already within us and it's waiting for us uh, to uncover it? Has it just been covered over by everything that we've learned from a world that's kind of confused? Mm. So um, uh, to me, it's uh, life is especially a path of, of transformation is a process of taking these covers that have covered our light off one at a time. And as we get further and further lightened, enlightened, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just become more of ourselves, more of the truth of who we are, more comfortable in our skin, more capable of love, more relaxed, having more fun. I think that that's, they attribute the quote to the Dalai Lama that the measure of success is how much fun we're having. I don't know if he said it, but I like to think he did. It seems like um, uh, yeah. a joy meter uh, is, a, is a good indicator of where we are. Certainly from the world's perspective, I'm less successful now uh, because uh, you're always banker doing this and that all over the world. I was miserable. I wasn't very happy. Could have mm. Miserable mm. maybe extreme. Mm. Well, I was hiding misery, yeah. And so um, uh, the idea of this uh, movement is really one that's uncovering or discovering, but uncovering what's already there. Yeah, so transforming the, the, the hiding, the timid, the, the waiting by the door, do I stay or do I get out of here? Um, and then sticking around and being that good and loving and caring person. 
that we all want to be anyway, that we came into the game wanting to be, you come into life as a kid, I'm here, I'm ready to love you. And then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, take that step back and protect. So that, yeah. that's, that's how I would answer the question, discover yeah. or uncover. Mm. Well, Karen, uh, I I want to talk a little bit more uh, about this aspect. I want to touch upon this. In just the last few weeks as of this program, I have come to the realization through a challenge that was given to me. <clears throat> someone said to me, well, what about all of the mistakes that you have made? I don't know if this was the voice inside of me speaking or I was channeling something, but my response was, I haven't made any mistakes in my life. Mm. What I have had are experiences that I have learned from. That's what I have had. I haven't made mistakes. And some would say, well, well, wait a minute, Richard, hold on a second. You mean you've never sinned? You don't have original sin? I said, well, according to the Bible, the sins of the father are passed down to the sins of the, to, are passed down to the sons to seven generations. End. End of a curse, if you will, or sin. All right. Mm. That was done a long, long time ago, if you choose to incorporate that in there. Uh, we're here to learn. That's why we go to school, to learn. Uh, and that's what life is all about. I mean, I'm a huge proponent, both of formal and informal education, because that's how we find out about the choices. We talk about choices and knowledge of those choices to help make people's dreams come true. So let's talk about how <clears throat> we can incorporate what we've talked about here on the program into understanding that this isn't about judgment this is about learning. Yeah. Yeah, the, the movement of releasing, releasing judgment, releasing judgment of others, sometimes is almost easier than re releasing the judgment that we're holding against ourselves. So, so often that inner voice, that inner critic that, you know, if we listen to it, damn, we're saying things to ourselves we wouldn't even say to an enemy. And that, that, that monologue that's going on isn't even truly our own voice. It's an echo of past voices that have accumulated and permeated. And um, we've absorbed and adopted these negative attitudes to ourselves. So I, I'm completely with you. Every single thing, every turn that we consider a wrong turn serves in the end. Everything that has happened to us has has happened for a reason. My mom was right. <laughs> mm. I don't know if she even knew how right she was. But this idea of, of looking at it as a, a game can help to not carry the past on our shoulders as we advance into the future. So the only way to move forward freely is to let the past go, knowing that anything that happened brought us here and brought us to whatever realizations we've been lucky enough to have at this point. Mm. To be kind to oneself and to perhaps, ah, crazy, even find the possibility of loving oneself, having compassion 
So that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes or sins or whatever, whatever it is. It's not uh, uh, my, my gesture is this, Oh, that's adorable. We're not going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that there's not this fear of punishment, internal war raging, but rather we become the person that we were waiting for. Yeah. The person who is going to have our back no matter what. So that that part of us that is tender and loving and would like to shine can relax and do so. That we don't have to be defended because now there is somebody who's got our back and that somebody is perfect because that somebody is us. I want to throw one more dimension. Excellent. Forgiveness. Oh, yeah. I have a whole chapter of it in, on it in one of my books. It's so important. Speak, tell me your thoughts. Well, I think that we have to learn not just to forgive others, but also to forgive self. Yeah. And if it's a learning experience, okay, or even if it is, you know, we're not going to do it again. You know, lighten up. can't fly with mud on its wings. Yeah, lighten up on yourself, you know. Uh, I often tell people that I train, uh, you're going to make mistakes, if you will. I'll use the word uh, in this job, okay. I'm going to train you how I would do it, and then I'm going to let you do it your way as long as you get the result that we want, okay. I don't care if you do it standing on your head. I don't care if the (laughs) building is on fire and you're still doing it. Uh, and you, nobody knows about it, but you, and then the fire gets put out and everybody's safe and everything's okay. doesn't matter. Um, and really, uh, and I've always believed that there's always a workaround and then you say, okay, well, we got this situation. We got to resolve, but we can't do it the old fashioned way. We can't do it the way of the books. We can't do that. Well, then we got to think a little harder. We got to get a little more creative. We got to listen to that still small voice a little bit more because we'll find we will find a way if we are willing to do so. So when it comes to forgiving myself, I think that I can stop having to do that when I change my perspective, my perception. If it's learning, there's no need for forgiveness. And if I take the same tack with someone else, I don't need to forgive them because they're learning too. I don't take it personally. Nothing to forgive. There's nothing to forgive. And I will, I will also tell you that my wife and I, we have gone through uh, some incredible times together. We went to Ireland together and all of that. We've had some very interesting experiences. And sometimes she will come to me and she will want to apologize, apologize and I'll say there's nothing to apologize for. You know, sometimes it's even just the way that she is and she doesn't think that the way that she is is or she thinks, oh, you're going to think this is crazy or you're going to think I'm stupid. It's not. No, I'm not. No, because these are your thoughts. Okay, I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to try to understand them, which is different. Um, But I think this is not what it comes down to. I love, of course, what Jesus said about, you know, how many times should we forgive? And he says seven times 70. All right. That's 490 times. 
Hopefully you can keep counting. You're a little one of those little yeah. clickers. Yeah. And, and, oh. and I always figured that it was just a parable. He meant an infinite number. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna get the beads out to count. How many times did you screw me? You know, yeah. He must be up to that number, seven and yeah. yeah. And, and and that he the idea is not to become um a doormat. Right. But to stand in our power and our love and know that this is all flowing. Yeah. And I know that's going to be hard for a lot of people. And the person, everybody's always doing their best, given their context. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it must be nice to have a partner in that in that uh, in that a partner in crime, as it were, a partner who's understanding that complex because it it just must be very freeing. Yeah, because I I, you know I've been through one marriage already. I'm not going to screw this one up, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it work. And and sometimes it's easier some days than others, but the reality is we're people, we're here, and we're about learning and loving and playing and laughing together and crying together. And that's just what it's all about. We're talking with Catherine Hudson, catherinehudson.fr for France. And we're also talking about many of her other works, including a book entitled Discover Your Crystal Family and soon to be released. And we'd love to have you back to talk about discovering your soul's purpose is that right discover your soul purpose your soul, soul mission life purpose comes out next year and uh inviting your Chris, inv- inviting angels into your life is already out i would love to come back you're you're a blast to talk to well thank you very much i'm richard dugan this is tell me your story new paradigms for a new world we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true we are here on sundays at 7 a.m and 7 p.m monday mornings at 1 a.m we are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com but we're also on wednesdays at 9 a.m for a special edition of tell me your story and uh, we also are on podcasts all over the internet including soundcloud Ooh. itunes tune in radio spotify stitcher player fm blueberry iHeartRadio, Amazon, and a bunch of other places, and we're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. I hope you will, and I hope you subscribe one way or the other to them. Tell me your story and Richard Dugan at YouTube where you can watch these interviews, and we hope that uh, you'll support us financially through PayPal, which is there for your security as well as ours. Just put in my email address, richard at richarddugan.com, and uh, send on whatever you can afford. We'll take energetic support. Hey, I'll take angelic and fairy support as well. It's it's all good. It's all good. And also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, where we ask you to go within, spend uh, quiet time uh, with that still small voice, listen, follow, be inspired, encouraged, supported, educated, enlightened. We hope that you'll do that. I have three final questions I ask all of my guests, and you may have answered them during the program. But I like to ask them directly. Okay. Number one, or behind door number one. Oh, I like that. Thank you. <laughs> is, yeah, no. You have no clue, folks, if you're listening to the podcast or the radio cast, uh, broadcast, uh, what she just did, But so you'll have to go to the YouTube. Who is Catherine Hudson? Hmm. Well, on my Instagram daily angel messages. I call myself the Bronx Chicken Paris. And it kind of sums it all up. Um, Coming from those beginnings with a dream, always being drawn to light, to what is spiritual. I took a more worldly route, 
But when I accepted to transform, found myself living the life of my dreams in Paris. So I am an international writer, speaker, teacher on all things spiritual. And um, sometimes I get to do uh, wonderful things like this. That's what I do. And who I am, hopefully, is more and more a loving person every day. Number two, what what is it that you hope to? <laughs> what is it that you hope? To? Hey, it's okay. It's fine. I love it. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Hmm. I'd like to be like that woman who came into the bank and gave me the stone that kicked off my transformation. Hmm. And finally, what is yeah. I was waiting. That's why I paused before the last one. What is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is uh, basically the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi hmm. to bring light into darkness, to bring light into my darkness, to bring love into despair, and to uh, shine that light uh, within so that it spills out. Well, uh, Catherine, again, I thank you so much for joining us and giving us so much time. Uh, 90 minutes we've been talking. Oh, wow. Didn't even minutes. see it go by. It flies It's very late you, here. It's past my fun. bedtime. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll let you get to bed. Uh, but I thank you again for joining us, and we will stay in touch. And uh, uh, we will also be linked to your website, CatherineHudson.fr, and look forward to seeing you back here in the States sometime soon. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back to the States. Thanks so much, Richard. I'm uh, delighted and I'm looking forward to sharing this link, the YouTube link uh, on my Facebook and Insta and everywhere. So we'll, we will see each other again. I look forward to it. Now. And uh, we will be sending you those links as well shortly. Wonderful. And I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol. <laughs>